Thank you, Mojo, for coming and letting us have the privilege and honour to interview you about your career, life and personality. We are ecstatic to interview someone as influential as you. <laughs> ah, influential. It's a big claim. I don't know how influential I am. I've got my friend Yo here today with me as well, who's who plays bass. Thanks for letting me hijack the interview. <laughs> um, am I very, do, you know, have I had much influence over you, Yo? You have, Mojo. Um, before I knew you personally, um, you were a big inspiration professionally because <laughs> I've known of your music for a long time. So, yeah. I was actually a big fan of yours as well before we started playing music together. So he's had a little bit of influence on me, but I'm pretty sure that I influenced him to be here in Dubbo this weekend. So. Yeah, that's true. that's true. Yeah. Where do you live as a child? Um, as a kid, I moved around a lot, mostly through central western New South Wales. But um, for the most part, I lived in Dubbo, west Dubbo, um, predominantly. In, yeah, Churchill Gardens, yo? Uh, I grew up partly in Geelong and partly in Brisbane, and now I live in Melbourne. So, yeah. What was the experience like to live in Dubbo as a child? Um, it was it was good. There was, you know, there was good things and there were things that were not so good. I think when I was a kid... Um, there wasn't a lot in the way of, like, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't even have Wi-Fi. Um, so, you know, it's a fairly innocent childhood, I think. But also, um, you know, there were times where it was difficult because I felt like I was different and I stood out a lot and I didn't always fit in. Yeah. What's one of the highlights from your childhood? Um, oh, there's a few. There's plenty. Um, I don't know. I think some of my fondest memories are with my grandparents in West Dubbo, um, just hanging out, playing music, playing dress-ups, doing that kind of thing. It was a very creative household. A lot of that kind of creativity and imagination was really encouraged in my grandparents' house. Do you have any fond memories, Yo? Of childhood? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I really liked playing video games as a kid, so that's what I did. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was a big highlight. I didn't really have that many friends, see, so, yeah. Did you enjoy school when you were younger? <laughs> no, parts of it. I enjoyed um, learning music. Uh, I formed my first band when I was about 12 at high school, Delroy High School. Um, I don't know. There were things that I liked. I liked learning about political sciences, social science, language, um, and that kind of stuff, but mostly the arts. Yeah. Do you have any favourite? I'd be about pretty much exactly the same, apart from the political stuff. I didn't really look much into that, but um, definitely... My music classes and stuff helped me with figuring out what I wanted to do after school. So, yeah, it was a big part of my life then. Were you always interested in arts and music? Always. Always. Um, yeah, ever since I was little, I just, yeah, I was interested in 
music. I think I can't remember. I was probably about five or six when I first got my first music lessons. Started learning piano, and then when I was about eight, I started learning guitar. A little bit of clarinet as well. Um, but it was always my favourite thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've loved music forever. Same thing. Started piano when I was about seven, and it's never done a, a whole lot of different things since then. But it's, it's never left me. I've tried to leave music, but it just follows me. <laughs> me I think you learnt more than I did. As like far schooling as... was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah possibly. <laughs> I read an article where you said you couldn't wait to get out of Dubbo. Why? Um, because I felt like there wasn't a lot of fostering of, like, arts and creativity here. Um, when I was a kid in Dubbo in the 90s, it was very much a sports, um, agriculture and... Yeah, sports and agriculture was sort of the main focus and then after that maybe academia and then the arts. Like it wasn't, you know, everyone around was sort of like, oh, you can't have a career in music, you can't have a career in arts. It's not viable yet, you know, it's like you're not going to be successful. As well as that, I think, um, you know, I definitely felt like um, – there were other prejudices I experienced, things like homophobia and racism that um, I kind of grew up sort of just getting used to, you know, and then by the time I was old enough to leave, I was like, I think I'll go somewhere where I fit in a little bit better. And um, do you know why people thought you couldn't grow up, like couldn't have a career in music and arts and stuff? I think it's common sort of sort of rhetoric that I think we're all sold when we're younger is that, you know, there's no stability in the arts and and you have to be extremely talented and extremely lucky to have a successful career in the arts um, and that, you know, there's no money there and that you should look towards other industries or other jobs to have stability. But as I think I've learnt and Yo has learnt. We were talking about this last night, weren't we? Yeah. Um, I think it's also slightly generational, like because our parents have told us that, um, you know, no matter who, who the parents are, it's like it's just like or what cultural background, it's about stability, you know, because they worked so hard to give you a future. Their whole reasoning is they don't want to see you squander it on on a career in the arts. That's the whole attitude. That there's no that it's frivolous. Yeah, or... there's no money or stability or um, yeah. But I think we've both learned that there's many many ways to have a career. Yeah, and they don't always look like yeah. Lady Gaga. Or Rihanna or Beyonce yeah. or whatever yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have to be you don't have to be a superstar a superstar celebrity you can have a career in the arts and make a living and have stability and and still do the things that you love and it's important too like yeah. that's kind of why we're still doing because we believe it's important you also meant that Dubbo has changed what changes do you see 
Um, I think there's a lot more diversity in amongst the community. I think um, from my understanding, um, there's been a lot of refugees that have settled here in Dubbo, which I think is probably, um, yeah, created more diversity and and I think that people people's attitudes have changed towards um, other kind of ethnic minorities. It's more accepting and um, that's that's my observation. I don't know because I don't I don't live here anymore. It's been a long time since I lived here. Um, also, you know, I know you guys have a pride march here every year, which is pretty cool. There wasn't anything like that when I was at school and I don't know, I think it's becoming more progressive, a little bit more kind of urban in its attitudes. Towards art and music? Towards, yeah, towards art and music. Like obviously this weekend, Yo and I are in town for the Dream Festival and we performed um, in the park on Friday night and then at the, oh, Saturday night and then at the zoo Mm. yesterday. And um, no, a lot of people turned up for that. And I don't know that people were as interested in the past in kind of supporting the arts and kind of thing. How did your career begin? Um, <laughs> I think straight out of Dubbo, I kind of, I mean, actually, even when I was here in Dubbo, I was always involved in putting on events and um, as a teenager, you know, trying to get out there and play music as much as possible. And, you know, there was definitely an entrepreneurial kind of streak in me because I was always finding a way to charge people money to see me perform. (laughs) So um, (laughs) when I left Dubbo, I went to university and I studied, I did a degree in commercial music production and I learned a lot about music business management. And while I was doing that, I was, I just put myself out there and started playing gigs in pubs in, in Melbourne. And then from there, I just, you know, you learn, I learned a lot at university, but I also learned a lot from just throwing myself in the deep end and and learning about the industry firsthand from, like, within it. Um, can you tell us a challenging moment from your career in music? Oh, there's, like, many continual challenging moments. Um, even, I guess, my most recent challenge was about a year ago or so, um, the band that I'd been playing with for several years, they all played in another band as well. And they they got offered a big international tour. So they, they had to unfortunately um, leave the band and that's when I found Yo. So out of a challenge comes some really, you know, exciting, wonderful new collaborations. Mm-hmm. So I lost the band and then I, my booking agent, um, left the, the agency and my manager could no longer manage me because he was looking after a big, uh, another artist who became quite big um, internationally. So I all of a sudden lost the team that I've been working with 
for several years and I had to learn how to do everything on my own again and find new people to work with. But at the time it was really challenging, but at the the end of the day I think a lot of positive things have come out of it. Yo, you got any significant challenges you've come across? Uh, it. My answer is much similar, I guess, to that question in that you're just always trying to find different ways to stay afloat financially and that, you know, it does tie into your mental health and everything as well. Like I find every winter is a challenge because the whole music industry just slows down. I, I find I, I run out of work in winter and I'm always looking at the bank balance. Um, but, yeah, then things, you know, come along as the the months warm up and like stuff like this tour that we've been yeah. on Mojo has been really helpful for me just to have something to look towards. And I find that's the best way to kind of meet your challenges is to just plan to yeah. get, this, get the calendar out and start planning. And, yeah. I think that's the thing. Hey, it's like, like we were saying before, there's lots of different ways to have a career in the industry and people do tell you, you know, there's no, there's no money there and it can there can be lean times and you have to be, it's like, I think the music industry is like any other industry and running your own, being an independent artist mm. is like running any small business. Mm. You can, you know, if, you, if you're if you an ice cream shop, mm. you're, you're also going to see business is going to get slow in winter. Exactly. You just have to have like financial projections in advance for the year and you have to plan ahead all the time. So, yeah. And what is your inspiration when writing music? Oh, the world around us <laughs> and the world within us, I guess. Um, you know, I guess my most recent album, I wrote a lot about family history, about my elders and my ancestors and also my own experiences growing up in a place like Dubbo when I was a kid. So it's about identity and yeah how how history informs who we are as people in the present i think that's you know that was what inspired my most recent record but you know i've written my fair share of love songs and my fair share of like joke songs as well love a bit of comedy <laughs> um i don't know it's just it's just about life really isn't it? yeah Yo's an excellent songwriter. Oh, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I find much the same. It's all about things that happen personally. Um, but also I feel like the craft itself is something that inspires musicians. It's the the process of everything, the the recording, the performing, talking to like interesting people like yourselves and um, also giving back to the community, all of that ties in as kind of like a driving force to keep going. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true. It's really good, yeah. And what do you think is the impact of music and, and musicians in a community? That is a good question. Um, music brings people together. Music can uplift people and take them away from their worries but it can also be a mirror to society and it can, I guess, make social commentary on the state of, you know, politics and things like that. Um, 
so I guess it, it can make people reflect and think. I think also music is often tied to re- really emotional experiences for people. And so it can be, you know, I think it, it becomes very closely tied to our memories and, and they can be really nostalgic and important in, I guess, our own, you know, personal stories, don't you think? Yeah, I think that. I think it's also a good way of documenting a time, you know, like it's a good record of, of history really, um, especially with albums that tell a history story like yours, Mojo. I think mm. it's, it's good because it's, you know, and it doesn't matter how well it does um, in terms of sales or whatever, but, you know, someone down the line might try and be researching, you know, 2018 and try and find what happened in that year and they might find Mojo's songs and, you know, get a real gist of what it was like to live around that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's Music's always been a good historical record in that way. Yeah, and I think it's, like, not just, like, personal, like, it's a time capsule of, like, people's personal lives, but culturally. Mm. Culturally, it's really significant in, in kind of, yeah. And what is the most memorable, memorable performance you've put on and why? Mm, probably our recent shows at the Art Centre in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. they were fun. We did the arts. We did five nights at the Arts Centre in Melbourne and one night at the Sydney Opera House. And I think, for for me anyway, I don't know how you feel, Yo, but I feel like they were kind of, you know, we've done a lot of shows, performing with a lot of different people, lots of festivals, we played to big crowds, whatever. But this felt like the most significant for me as an individual because it was so much about. My own story, it felt like a real achievement to put on a show that was based around, all around my new album, to tell personal stories in between those songs and to create a real atmosphere with our own lighting show and our set design and and all of that and have lots of guests come on stage. It was like, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, as a just even from a professional standpoint, to be able to play a venue like an art centre like that, a big one in the city, um, it's that was definitely a milestone for me as well. So, yeah. How do you feel about touring with another famous Australian artist, Paul Kelly? Well, I'm pretty excited about that. Paul Kelly's a really nice guy. He's super lovely. And I'm looking forward to those shows. It's going to be exciting because they're going to be such massive crowds. Mm. Everyone loves Paul Kelly everywhere you go. So... And also he's such an inspiration, like, creatively. He always a big fan. I'm a big fan of Paul Kelly. Yeah. But that'll be probably my, the, you know, even just as a bass player, like, probably the biggest crowd I'll be playing to in my life at the Sydney My Music Bowl and River Stage. They're big, they're they're big, big outdoor stages. Like, I, there was, you go there for, like, carols by Gandalf kind of thing. And it's, it's so many people. <laughs> Bit nervous actually. Yeah, don't tell too. anyone though. <laughs> Except everyone who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do great. <laughs> and Mojo, what was it like to host Rage? 
Rage, that was cool. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch Rage, but when when I was growing up in Dubbo in the 90s, there wasn't a lot to do, on particularly on the weekends at night. Um, we didn't have the internet. There wasn't a lot happening. There weren't, like, cool lantern parades and all this kind of stuff to go and check out. So we would often just be having, like, house parties at home or, like, just hanging out with my brother and playing video games or whatever. And at some point, inevitably, we would end up watching Rage through the night. And you'd see that's where you'd learn about what the latest music videos were and what the latest songs were and all of that. And it was really exciting. And you could see your favourite bands programming their favourite music. And that's how you'd, like, learn and discover all this random stuff that you didn't hear on the radio in Dubbo. We didn't have Triple J. We didn't have, there wasn't, I sound old, don't I? We didn't have a lot of this stuff. So rage was where it was at for for me. And um, I don't know, to get to do that as an adult, it was pretty exciting. It was like, oh, I feel like I finally made it. Like (laughs) that's, you know, for me as a kid watching it, I was always like, you have to be really famous to do rage. And now I know that that's not true because I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty famous. <laughs> Thanks, yo. <laughs> and what's the biggest change that needs to happen for Australia as a community to improve and grow? Whoa. That is a good question. Again, the hard-hitting questions. The biggest change that needs to happen in Australia as a community to improve and grow. And... Mandatory detention for refugees and offshore detention for refugees. Bring them home. Seriously, I think that is one of the most pressing things. Also, of equal, made probably greater importance, a treaty with our Indigenous people, First Nations people. We need to recognise our history and work to heal and move forward with our First Nations people. Really big, important things. Yeah. Do you have a comment, Yo? Uh, I don't have anything to add. I mean, I do. I could go on forever. But <laughs> I think Mojo's hit the, the same two that I would suggest. They're the two biggest issues yeah. in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I agree. They're the same with me. Why do you choose to make your song Native Tongue biographical? Um, oh, wow. I, I think it just it happened before I even thought about that kind of stuff. You know, I was writing and I think the most authentic thing that you can do when writing music is to speak about your own experiences And so I was just telling my story and then I went, I think this is a good song. We should make an album around it. (laughs) Also, you've been nominated for the ARIA 2018 Awards for Breakthrough Artist. How does that feel? Uh, It feels good. It feels a little bit odd to be nominated as a Breakthrough Artist after being in the industry for all over a decade, but it's nice to <laughs> to have the industry recognition on that level. 
you know, it's, I guess we've always operated our careers regardless of the areas and, um, but it's nice, it's nice to be more recognised. In Native Tongue and some other songs, you talked about belonging. As we see, you feel this is a very strong topic in your life. How do you feel about belonging in Australia's current society where we largely embrace multicultural people and people with lots of different identities? I think Australia likes to think of itself as a multicultural society. For me, multiculturalism means more than just a lot of different people from a lot of different cultures living in one place. It means, the, like, the I guess the acceptance and, um, you know, the embracing of all those different cultures, that those cultures should be allowed to exist and thrive independently but also still interact with one another in a really positive way. And I feel like Australia likes to call itself multicultural but it isn't always the attitude of a lot of people. I think there's still a lot of segregation or kind of, you know, I guess generalisations in the mainstream kind of media and in politics and stuff where people from ethnic minorities or cultural minorities are still otherized and treated differently because of of their culture. So I think we've still got a long way to go as a society. Um, I love that there are so many different cultures, religions, you know, ethnicities all living here and I'd love to see a day where it's like truly harmoniously, um, where people don't feel that they need to abandon their own identity and culture to be part of to belong. Yeah, to belong in a, in a greater Australian, Australian community. What does identity mean to you? That's a big question. I guess uh, for me, identity is about um, knowing who you, who you are, where you've come from, and what that means in the context of the, you know, in a broader context, like in the world, in society, and how that informs the way that you interact with people. I guess knowing who you are and having a strong sense of identity um, gives you... I guess the the tools to know how you would like to treat other people. I think it gives you the capacity to have empathy, true true empathy and compassion for others. I don't know. That's a it's a big big concept, mm. but I think that kind of sums up sort of in a general sense how I feel about identity. And do you think it's important for people to understand their identity and why? Oh, yeah, I think it is important um, because because of all of those things that I just said, you know. I think it's important for people to know where they've come from in order to understand where 
they want to go. Um, it's important to understand identity in the context of history and in the context of like global politics. It also, you know, because to know your identity and to know, to understand how that fits into society, then kind of, you know, it is important in terms of knowing like, you know, what, how privileged you are and how, what kind of change you can make in society and to empower yourself and to also, I guess, yeah, like I said before, have empathy for other people and their positions. What do you think, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's definitely important to know, uh, to understand their own identity, for people to understand their own identity because that's also how you figure out, like, a sense of belonging, you know. You figure out things about yourself that you like and then you find other people that like the same things and they become your friends. I think it, it's a bit hard. It's Well, I mean, I'm always learning as well what my identity is because as humans we change all the way through our lives and um, sometimes we like to shed our old identities because we're, we're not proud of who they might be and stuff like that and that's okay. You know, as long as you're always working towards a better future. Um, but that's yeah, that's why it's important to know at least, like, who you want to be, what you want to be. And that's allowed to change too. It's it's fluid. Yeah. Hmm. And do you think that people hide their identity because they're afraid of what others will think of them? I think that can happen for sure. I've done it. I've yeah. done it too. Um, growing up in... Dubbo, you know, I wasn't, I didn't always feel safe to be open about my sexuality, for example. Um, I also think that, you know, um, there's, there's lots of things, you know, other people's prejudices can definitely make people feel um, like they need to hide or to tone down certain aspects of who they are and I think that can be sad I think yeah. that can be a really sad thing but um you know hopefully as you grow and learn more about yourself you find the confidence to own all aspects of your identity yeah. and does your heritage affect your art yeah it does. I think I have a responsibility to my ancestors and to my community and to my culture to represent them in a positive light and to help, I guess, people outside of that culture to have a greater understanding of the nuances and diverse kind of identities within you know, that culture or that heritage, people can sort of see, you know, people might have an idea about, you know, um, Filipinos or Indigenous people or whatever and then they see me doing what I and then they what I do and they go, oh, there's like, you know, so much more to it. There's like so many different individuals and be a representation of like, you know, those each of those individual stories are nuanced and um, 
extremely personal and unique and that you know you can't generalize I guess about those those things um that there are individuals just like any other culture so you know I have to represent that and also you know represent and and I guess continue on like verbal histories and verbal traditions of sharing culture through music do you yeah do you feel like that yeah I do um to simplify it, I would probably, well, to simplify my thoughts on it, it would just be like, um, yeah, it, it's just really important. It's really important to have your heritage as part of your identity when you're performing and when you're working um, because that also inspires younger people coming through that might share your heritage and need a role model, someone just to look to, to assure them that, you know, there is a future and it's positive. Like there's things out there, there's goals to be achieved and it's, it's a good thing. So, yeah. And what's your new single, Native Tongue, about? We listened to it and thought it sounds amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, that song for me is about... Well, it's about language. It's about the loss of language. Um, it's about the importance of language in culture. Um, it's also about, you know, the loss of connection to culture through the loss of language, how losing, you know, our Indigenous languages because of colonisation and things like that you, you know, there's less and less people speaking our Indigenous languages and and those things are important ties to history and culture and ancestry. So as we lose those things, there's a sense of longing and a sense of hurt and grief that comes with that and I think that through reclaiming those things and relearning them, um, we have a stronger sense of ourselves and our identity and and how important that can be. And what was the response from the public when you published your song, Native Town? Overwhelmingly positive. I think a lot of people have really connected with that song and that is something I never even imagined was possible to have such an incredible impact with just one song. I think a lot of people have related to the feeling and the sentiment in that song. And what's next for you in your musical career? Well, first we have to finish this tour, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> what are we, about halfway now? Yeah. Maybe a little bit before. I think we're about a, a third of the so way like, in. Okay. And then, of course, as you know, we're going to do some shows with Paul Kelly. Yep. And we've got a lot of festival dates coming up. Mm. And then... I'm going to hopefully influence Yo <laughs> into writing some music with me and making... We're going to make a record. We're going to make a record, yeah. Sounds awesome. Cool. Thank you. Could you please tell our listeners one piece of wisdom that you wish you had at our age? Hmm. It's okay to be who you are and be proud of that. And I think 
you should follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to follow your passion. Thank you again for taking the time to come and talk to us. We very much appreciate your time. You're an inspiration to all the creative minds of Dubbo. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. much.